Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is Geraldo Rivera reporting Roadkill, my podcast, The View from the Middle of the Road. It is uh, stunning when you think about it, its humble origins, but Black Lives Matter has now become semi-officially recognized as the largest protest movement on earth ever. Ever. Between 15 and 26 million Americans have taken part in at least one protest. They've been able, as you know, they've gotten some... Uh, some movement. They've uh, managed to cancel the police department in Minneapolis, which is a ridiculous and uh, and harmful uh, uh, end. Uh, but they they've uh, they've done it. They've gotten that that vote. Let's see if the uh, the voters they've gotten the vote on the council. Let's see what the voters of Minnesota and Minneapolis have to say about that. New York City, as you know, uh, lawmakers have outlawed chokeholds, which is good. Although uh, the way they describe or define chokeholds in New York. It's like any wrestling at all that puts pressure on the diaphragm of the of the perp is now outlawed. I think that's kind of ridiculous. The, what's a cop supposed to do? We're going to go back to the old days where they used the billy clubs. Uh, billy clubs, uh, you know, is that they're going to taser everybody? How are they going to do if they can't tackle them? What you want is, you know, not, that they don't choke them to death. Uh, in Mississippi, you know, that uh, they've retired the uh, state flag with the Confederate the battle flag uh, embedded in it. Uh, that's a good uh, that's a good result. I, I have no problem with removing monuments that the population feels are offensive, uh, as long as it's not a rowdy minority doing it unlawfully. They did it lawfully through processes. I think that it's fair, like the big museum outside of the Nat Museum of Natural History on Central Park West that I'm so familiar with growing up with it, uh, the Teddy Roosevelt uh, statue with uh, a Native American on one side and African American on the other. Uh, you know, he, he, Teddy Roosevelt, astride a horse and very superior to his two underlings. Yeah, I could see how that's uh, kind of an antique, uh, quaint notion. But I also would like, rather than to see that that statue destroyed, let, let it be in a Teddy Roosevelt Park someplace or in a museum. You put it in context and explain that he was a great environmentalist, that he, he did a lot for, uh, uh, for integration or equal rights. Uh, and, uh, you know... Uh, the fact that he preserved so much of uh, America's wild lands uh, certainly uh, rebounded well for uh, or better for Native Americans. So he, he is a, an activist uh, that history regards uh, in a positive note. Uh, the problem is that uh, so much of history is being rewritten by, by the woke crowd, by the, the in crowd, the liberal elites who have, you know, uh, the cancel culture one step out of line and they pounce all over you. And try to cancel your life out. I think it's it's horrible. I I, I want to start counter boycotts against uh, uh, some of these uh, organizations and some of these firms that are kowtowing to these organizations. Uh, some of these uh, these businesses that are refusing to advertise on this show or that show for fear of boycotting. I think that those businesses should be boycotted 
by people uh you know who are offended by uh, uh by the by the you know the fact that their boycott fight them uh, fight them uh, with a counter boycott i i think that uh, it's time to take the gloves off and stop being pushed around by people who have one point of view and if you don't uh, toe that line uh, then you're some kind of horrible person and i just don't believe that oh, okay here it is roadkill roadkill with geraldo rivera The uh, Black Lives Matter movement is said by the New York Times today to be the largest uh, movement in uh, U.S. history in terms of spontaneous uprising. And uh, that's to be admired, to get people up and moving and protesting about something that doesn't necessarily affect them directly. I think it's very impressive. That they remind us of historic injustice, I think that's a good thing. And I, and I believe that, I mean, aside from police violence, which is the main catalyst for the movement, I also agree that certain offensive monuments should lawfully be removed and relegated to museums. I have no problem with that, as long as it's done legally and with proper permitting and all the rest of it. And it's not an assault on our history. We can debate each statue or monument on a case-by-case basis and make a judgment based on how the people in that community feel about it. Um, I, I detest, personally, rewriting history. I, I, I tell the story, I forget. I, I was a fellow on, in Calhoun College, for Calhoun College, a, a Yale fellow. Calhoun College is one of the colleges in Yale University, and I was a fellow along with my uh, longtime friend and colleague and Yale alum, uh, Leo Kaiser. We were both fellows. And at, when you're a fellow at Yale, which is, again, very prestigious, obviously, you go there a couple of times a year, and you, <clears throat> or you just talk to the young people, share life experiences, kind of spontaneous, not structured. It was kind of fun. Then I heard that uh, you know, one African-American student at Yale was offended by uh, the fact that Calhoun College was named for John C. Calhoun, a senator from South Carolina who was a segregationist and a slave owner back in the 1820s. Uh, so there was uh, the, the black student suggested that, uh, you know, to extol the virtue of uh, Calhoun, who was called by John F. Kennedy, one of the five greatest senators of all time, uh, was inappropriate, and so they decided to change the name of Calhoun College, which had existed uh, literally for almost two centuries. So they changed the name, and uh, I I resigned my fellowship in protest because I said you don't you don't rewrite history on 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 whims on you know I agree, my I am moved by the students. Uh, angst, and I want to help the student, but you can't just erase history. Uh, you know, the funny thing is, Yale itself, Elijah Yale, the founder of Yale back in the 17th century, was a slave owner and a slave trader. Yale. So they're going to name the, they're going to change the name of Yale University. It's just like tearing down the Washington Monument and the Lincoln Memorial and so forth. I think that. Uh, uh, the fact that Black Lives Matter is engaged in, you know, monument protest, 
and you know police brutality those are important important things but what about this ghetto civil war what about the fact that for every black person killed by a white cop or any cop scores are killed by other young black men that's what's happening you've seen it everyone has seen it don't you have some sound from Sicoria Turner, her grieving father, Rob, the man in Atlanta whose eight-year-old was killed? Uh, I do have Keisha Lance Bottoms, the mayor, kind of reacting to the whole situation. Okay, let's hear it. So we're fighting the enemy within when we are shooting each other up on our streets in this city, and you shot and killed a baby. And it wasn't one shooter. There were at least two shooters. An eight-year-old baby. If you want people to take us seriously and you want you don't want us to lose this movement, then we can't lose each other. That is, I think, the most the bravest and most accurate summary from Keisha Lance Bottoms, who is, as you have probably heard on the short list of uh, Joe, Joe Biden's vice presidential candidates, nominees, uh, if it gets to that. And she's really very articulate and, and sincere. And isn't it remarkable? And, and this is really the reason I wanted to go through all this. What is remarkable is how rare Mayor Lance Bottoms' publicly expressed express comments are. How rare it is that someone in the community of authority is brave enough to point out what is indeed the real epidemic plaguing the African-American community. It's the Civil War. It's internal violence. It's blacks killing blacks. For whatever reason, is it territorial? Is it uh, uh, the drug business? Why, why this carnage? And isn't it interesting? And I find it fascinating as a as a longtime broadcaster, as a newsman who now is in my uh, my fiftieth year doing this. I find it absolutely fascinating and troubling how a group like Black Lives Matter could become the largest protest group in American history and ignore the real issue, totally ignore it. Black Lives Matter said nothing about that child who was killed or all the other children, the two three-year-olds who were killed or the 20-month-old toddler who were killed all recently. This is all in the last week or so. There's no voice from the left at all. You can't even find a report on urban violence on MSNBC. CNN once in a while plays... A, a report that's almost like a weather report. Oh, 18 were killed yesterday in Chicago. Uh, in other news, the stock market is up and down and all around. There is this, this studied avoidance of reality. It's, I remember when, uh, when I was in my street fighting days. And, you know, you'd come on some of the walk in the other direction, someone looking bad at you or wanted to... Uh, uh, in some cases, I'd try to touch your girlfriend or something like that. I remember, you know, as a street fighter, 
and I had, uh, you know, it's it's funny going through my career how many are on videotape, uh, the street fights. But I, I my rule was always, you know, if there was a big guy and another guy, I always went after the other guy. I never picked the biggest guy. I always went after the one I thought I could win. Is that what Black Lives Matter is doing? Studiously ignoring the real issue, which is black-on-black violence. I mean, that creates the toxic atmosphere that, that defines the relationship between cops and, and young black men. It's the fact that the cops are so accustomed to the deadly toxicity of ghetto violence that they are hardened, that whatever compassion they had, they've lost. What they're interested in is surviving the day, doing the best job they can, and getting the hell out of there and getting home to their families. So Black Lives Matter ignores, and you could argue the cops also ignore, the Civil War. It's appalling to me that no commentators from the middle to the left speak about it. If they wanted really civil rights, real civil rights in the 21st century, they should be advocating for jobs with good benefits and job security and a future. That's the greatest civil right. And a, and a secession, a ceasefire, on this internal intramural violence that it's claiming so many black lives. I mean, I could talk about Latinos also and white violence also, but it is of a scale that's so different. So different. Even Frank Jackson spoke here about it. Then, Rob, do you have anything from the mayor? Yeah, I got a little bit right here. Uh, Play it. As you know, um, the 4th of July weekend was um, extra... Uh, in terms of crime, particularly violent crime. Uh, I want to point out that um, Cleveland is not unique in this regard. It's not unique in this regard at all. And I don't know anyone who would say that. Because you don't have to look far to see it in other cities. In Detroit, in Chicago for sure. In New York now, shootings up 130%. Everyone has guns. Now it's different than when I was growing up. Everyone has guns. And you see the guns they have, not just Glocks and, and 38 revolvers. That's like a pea shooters to what these kids have access to nowadays. I think that if Black Lives Matter wants to stay relevant, if it wants to stay as historic as the New York Times says it is, then it has to face the real issue of this era. That's not police brutality. Police brutality is a symptom of it. It is black-on-black -black violence. And any time a Black Lives Matter person speaks, that should be the first question they are asked. All right, I'm going to take your questions on this topic. There's so much to talk about. The president is saying, for example, about schools reopening this year, that the disease is far less virulent than it used to be. Is that true? 
Is it true that we can send send our children safely to school uh, come September? Dr. Bob will join us, but I want to stick on this topic of urban violence for right now. This random wild, wild west, shoot them up because you can. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. Keisha Lance Bottoms, the mayor of Atlanta, uh, talked about as a potential vice presidential candidate, announcing yesterday that she and two members of her family are uh, COVID positive now, uh, showing symptoms similar to an allergy. So at least not yet is it uh, uh, serious symptoms. We hope it stays that way. She's a very impressive, impressive person. So what do you think? What do you think about this, uh, this urban violence? What do you think about my whole concept of this ghetto civil war that's going on and how it undermines? I'm going to get to your questions right now. But listen to this. According to four recent polls, uh, between 15 million and 26 million people in the United States have participated in demonstrations over the deaths of George Floyd, writes the, uh, the New York Times uh, today. These figures, 15 to 26 million, would make the recent protests the largest movement in the country's history. The largest movement in the country's history. And I think it's, uh, it's built on uh, a fraudulent premise. But what does Joel think on the east side? What do you, what do you think about Joel? Um, well, I'm a retired police officer, and <clears throat> I have to say, first of all, uh, Policemen don't go to work every day thinking they're going to shoot somebody or hurt somebody. Because the policeman that's involved in a shooting or is caught doing something wrong, their their life is going to change. Their career is going to change. Nothing will ever be the same. As a result of the, the Floyd killing, uh, there have been lots of protests, and a lot of politicians have had the police departments pretty much standing down, and as a result, we've been seeing quite a bit of violence and it's Joel, can a, I ask you on that point? Are cops, to your knowledge, literally standing down, literally not getting involved for fear of, you know, mucking up their lives, uh, being treated disrespectfully by the perp and people around him or her? Well, I, I see a lot online, you know, and, you know, if it's on the Internet, it must be true. But I, yeah. I try to fact check a lot of it. And in a lot of places, uh, an example, Louisville, uh, Kentucky, I the policemen were told they can't wear any riot gear to go out. They have to just wear in their regular uniforms, and it, it creates a real hazard and danger for them. Uh, policemen, I know a lot of policemen, and the policemen go to work every day wanting to do their job. And again, to, to kill somebody, shoot somebody, or brutalize somebody, it never ends up well for them. And, and for the most part, I don't think the policemen go out wanting to to do that to hurt anybody or kill anybody. I There's agree with you, man. I, I totally agree no with you. Advantage. Cops are the thin and, blue line protecting uh, civilization from anarchy. Cops uh, waver or, uh, you know, there are holes in that uh, black line, uh, that blue line, then, uh, you know, anarchy and uh, all the rest of it. Disorder is the result. Uh, Todd in Cleveland, what's on your mind, Todd? Hi, buddy. What's up? Hear me? Yep, yep. Little, little louder, Rob, please. Go ahead, Todd. Okay. Good morning. How are you? All right, man. Good, good. Um, just wanted to respond to a couple things you you brought up on the Black Lives Matter, and and I think 
I think a lot of people really don't know what Black Lives Matter really is. Um, I know you know uh, Bill O'Reilly, and, and um, he did a segment on his show. But we- lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Or so ago about it, and you know he did he did dig into the organization, and and it's it's really not about helping black people at all. Um, the three women that run it are devout Marxists. Um, they're activists. Uh, the, it's it's a sham organization, and seventy one percent of the money they take in is is goes to administrative costs. So they're really not doing anything to help black black people at all, but. Everybody's jumping on that bandwagon, individuals, corporations, whoever, and sending them money. And, and you, like you pointed out, they're not, they're not up in arms at all about when a black person gets killed by another black person, these innocent kids that are being killed. They only get upset when they can use it to their advantage, which is when a white person, whether it's a, a citizen or a, or a policeman, shoots a black person, then they're all over it. And, and I think people need to wake up to that. And I'm sure you're friends with Bill O'Reilly or have a good I am and have him, been get him on your years. show. Get, you know, call him and get him on your show to, to talk about it. it, it That's a good idea. Really, Rob, write that, write that down. down. I, I yeah. should call O'Reilly. It, it, it know, is, we we go way back. We've had some epic yeah. uh, head-to-head uh, brawls on air I, I uh, during know. his years at, at Fox. Uh, all, right, all right, man. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Mike in Fairview Park, uh, what are you thinking about? Talking about gang violence in urban settings, is, is any of this really involved with the gangs? Or is it the 30-somethings that are doing all the killing? No, I think that gangs are definitely involved, depending on which city you're in. Now, I don't know the gang structure in Cleveland. I know it pretty well in New York. In New York, it's uh, uh, the violence is more territorial, and there's a lot of drug dealing. Uh, you know, they're, they're killing their competitors a, a lot of times. Chicago, the gangs are much more evolved. They've been around for years. They're almost like corporations, uh, you know, illegal, illicit corporations that uh, have rivalries and they even scores. And if you kill one of mine, I'll kill one of yours, Uh, even if I have to kill the eight-year-old to get to the dad. 
Uh, you know, I, I think that there's, it's an absolute scandal. Uh, Cassandra, what do you think in independence? Hi, Geraldo. It's an honor to speak with you. I'm oh, get that's awfully nice of you. Thank quick. you. Yeah. Um, first of all, I think a lot of this is being funded by somebody much higher up that we don't hear much about anymore named George Soros. I think there's a lot of agitators being planted. Um, I think we've lost sight of the issue. Nobody can argue against the difficulties um, and just the horror of what happened with George Floyd. And I, and I certainly find many, many things that the president says abhorrent. However, when it comes down to the inner city needs, you have got to have jobs. Jobs, jobs, jobs. Clinton knew that. Clinton knew that. I think Trump definitely have... knows that. That was his strong suit, yeah. and uh, that's why yeah. the uh, the epidemic is so devastating. It is, it's rocked the economy. But I think we'll come back. I think that the jobs will return, and and hopefully. And I also think you know mentioned the uh, jobs, jobs, jobs. I also think that part of the problem right now, part of the violence you're seeing right now, part of the it's almost like the the quarantine and the confinement. People got all this pent up uh, energy, some of it negative, uh, you know, some of it positive. But uh, uh, when the kids, uh, you know, when the rioting started and the kids, it was the first time any of them were outside, uh, you know, out of their homes for a couple of months. I think that uh, it's it's not nothing. That impact is not nothing. There was, a, you know, there there was some connection between the confinement, the quarantine and uh, and later the demonstrations and the street violence and so forth. But I will not lose sight. I will be dogged about this. I think it's absolutely imperative that society wake up and realize. And I think that the Democrats will lose the election if they refuse to deal with this. I think that if disorder and violence continues or even the specter of it, the the impression that it's coming, then I think it will, will affect the swing vote in this country. So Black Lives Matter has accomplished with this historic turnout some uh, some substantial movement. You can decide whether it's good or bad. Uh, in uh, in Minneapolis, remember where this all started with the death of George Floyd, uh, the city council there is pledged to dismantle the entire police department, to defund it and dismantle it. Now, uh, I don't believe the majority of people in Minnesota like that idea. And I, I do believe that, uh, as I said before, I think this will ricochet on Democrats come, uh, come November. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is exactly the kind of thing to stir the energy of, of the vote, again, the anti-Trump vote. I don't know. In New York City, as you know, uh, the, uh, the local lawmakers have repealed the law to keep police disciplinary records secret. Uh, there are laws springing up all over the place, including New York, banning chokeholds. And as you know, uh, they are retiring the Confederate battle flag, and uh, a lot of the Confederate monuments are imperiled, if not already taken down. So Black Lives Matter and, uh, and allies have achieved some measurable movement, whether good or bad. You have to decide that for yourselves. Uh, I think that Again, I come back to what movement would be more important 
than to stop the flow of blood in the inner city, in our urban areas, in like East Cleveland or South Chicago. I mean, wouldn't that be a great civil right? In New York, when I was, uh, you know, a young talk show host, relatively young, 25 years ago, living on 96th Street and, and Madison Avenue, there were 2,230-odd murders that year, 1991. 2,230. Now it's 300. So it's one-seventh of what it was. What you don't want is for crime to return to those bad old days. And I think that when you measure that all these murders, virtually all of them, are happening in the, uh, the African-American neighborhoods, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where civil rights happens. And the civil right of those children to live and have a chance for life. And incidentally, later on in the show, we're going to ask Dr. Bob whether those kids and all our kids can go back to school. All right, like, take it, I'll, take it from, uh, I'll take it from Debbie on, Debbie and Chardon. What's on your mind? Thanks for calling 216-578-1100. Well, I have five things that I think will transform the black community. Listening. Uh, number one, go to church. Number two, get married and stay together. Commit to raising your kids. It takes a lot of work to raise kids. Make working more honorable than welfare and celebrate your fellow black people who make it, so to speak, and aspire to the same. Well, you sound like a, a good, fair-minded uh, person. Uh, how do you think that your advice will be received? <laughs> well, in conservative uh, circles, probably well. In uh, liberal circles, not well. So are you afraid that you'll be, you know, labeled uh, not woke, you know, uh, out of it? <laughs> Racist? Well, you know, if we don't get to the root of the problem, how can we? I mean, and that goes, that goes for white people, um, purple people, Hispanic people, Mexican people, everybody. Everybody. These are good things for every, every group of people. I, I agree that your advice is, is very good and solid. And I, I, I also believe that having a father and mother in the house, we have two parents you know, uh, guiding children, uh, they have a much better outcome than if it's just the, the mom struggling to, uh, uh, you know, to, to balance everything. Uh, John in uh, Massillon, what's on your mind, bud? Well, I think that it's kind of a given. The white and black people in the ghetto, and I, I really get irritated at these self-righteous people who say that because the slogan says uh, Black Lives Matter. What, it, what it's really implicitly saying is Black Lives Matter also, too. And they pretend to believe that uh, with this non-sequitur, uh, doesn't follow reasoning, that because uh, they don't join in and pile on with the right-wing talk shows across the country who try to uh, minimize uh, police brutality and make excuses for it and blame the black community for it, that uh, people don't care in the black community about uh, 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 virtue and uh, opposing these jackass vandals, criminals, drug dealers who are actually at the top uh, doing the dirty work for the CIA who are bringing the drugs in. We can't be uh, uh, taking this kind of self-righteous attitude and, and uh, uh, using this uh, blaming the black community for police brutality. Uh, there, Everyone agrees that uh, 
all lives matter. Uh, Black lives matter too is uh, is implicitly with that too on the end. I got it, John. Of- you seem like a very a very sensible guy, also, and I appreciate your advice, Marianne in Pepper Pike. Hi, what's on your mind? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Oh, it's our pleasure. Uh, I uh, first of all, I think. I don't believe there's systemic racism. What I believe there is is systemic loss of families. The basic unit of society as the mother and the father, the mother married to the father of her children, and then raising the children. And until we address that issue, everything else is going to go by the wayside. Yeah, BLM, okay, legal protesting is one thing. Rioting, uh, rioting and looting, that's not what I call illegal protesting. So is that going to have an effect on your vote in November? Oh, I'm going to vote for Trump without a, without a doubt. I mean, actually, Biden has quite a history of a number of mistakes. But I also believe that your caller, who talked about having Bill Riley, that that would be wonderful because the underpinnings of BLM is not what it's uh, made out to be. to be. Okay, I'm going to definitely give O'Reilly uh, Riley call. So, uh, darling, thank you for joining us. Uh, I know you had your hands full getting uh, ready for a big meeting we have at 10 o'clock. Uh, but uh, do you think that this is a useful discussion? You've been listening. Uh, you know, don't we need to move forward? And right now, aren't we moving in opposite directions? Yeah, I actually think that what you just said is right. I, I only heard the past few callers, but I think the problem is is that we are all getting our news from different sources, so we're very, very divided on things, and we have a president that's causing much more division. He's calling the liberals in this country the enemy, and they're American people in this country. I think we sh- the president should speak for everyone and not just one party. And I think it's so sad. It is really, really sad. There is systemic racism in everything. I, I mean, from, from it goes back to 400 years of slavery and then how um, the black communities were policed and how people of color get much harsher sentences than white people for the same crimes. And they don't get the same jobs that white people get. And get paid a lot less money than white people do for the same jobs. That is structural racism. And my other point was that what about white boys causing most of the school shootings? That's white. Is that white on white crime? Like that is. You mean like Adam Lanza in uh, Sandy Hook in Connecticut? Exactly. We need gun control laws not to take people's guns away, but but sensible gun laws. And I think that the NRA supports a lot of the policies in our country. Don't you think, I I agree about the NRA, don't you think that BLM has a duty to condemn, uh, you know, civil strife? I don't know what you mean by that. Well, don't, doesn't the Black Lives Matter have to condemn black-on-black violence, which is far and away the most grotesque aspect of it. Of course, but what BLM is saying is that everyone, it's saying black people deserve rights too, as do white people and Hispanics and Asians. 
Americans and everyone deserves the same rights and black people do too. It's not taking away other people's rights. It's just saying that we also deserve our rights. I, I agree that every group deserves rights and I think that to ignore that violence is in its own way racist. I think it's 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 the, it's like the Aunt Jemima mind. You know, you want to get rid of Aunt Jemima because it's a racist symbol. You, you, so it doesn't matter that it's benign and people enjoyed it black and white for generations. Uh, you know, it's just a senseless wording. It's rhetoric. Where's the reality? Where's the reality is that uh, when when people shoot, when a guy shoots at another guy and kills an eight-year-old, by accident because she happens to be in the line of fire or the bullet goes into her damn bedroom in her house and she gets killed. Uh, you know, we have to be equally outraged by that. And I, I just see selective outrage and it really troubles me deeply because I think it's very, very uh, hypocritical. And I, I go back to Erica's point and I, it was my point earlier. We are so divided in where we get our, our news and information that helps exacerbate uh, this chasm, this gap between people. Uh, Rick, Raymond, Jerry, Chuck, Todd, and Eddie, I don't have time for your calls today. I would appreciate it, and I'm asking you to give us another try uh, tomorrow morning. I have Dr. Bob Fafalak on the line. Dr. Bob, my internist, uh, noted internist, uh, excellent, uh, uh, you know, learned uh, expert on this whole subject of COVID-19. And uh, Dr. Bob, the reason I, I thought it necessary to get you on is the president is claiming that this new spurt, outbreak, brush fire, forest fire, whatever analogy you want to use, uh, isn't as dangerous as it looks uh, in terms of the COVID, uh, you know, the coronavirus, because it's not as virulent as it was, not as uh, as uh, as severe uh, as it was. Uh, what say you? Good morning. The the problem is a very complicated issue. First of all, it was clear earlier on that the virus was different in the West Coast and the East Coast. That came established that different strains were coming from Europe to New York and the Northeast versus the West Coast coming from China. Recently, there has been some reports coming from Italy and parts of the Northeast that there may be a less virulent kind of uh, disease that we're seeing where people are not getting as sick. But no one understands why that is. But it's multifactorial, possibly. Number one is maybe the strain has actually sort of mutated once again, which could cause a problem. Number two also, and we can't need to forget this, is that the healthcare system sees a lot of these patients now. And we're very good at taking care of them in a little bit of a better way because we know more about what's going on and the complications. So we can actually treat people a little bit better then and understand how to treat them and the complications of the disease itself. So it's a very multifactorial thing that seems to happen. And what about schools? Mind, what about schools, Bob? Schools, uh, I think it all depends upon, and what we've been trying to do in New York especially, is the infectivity rate. Are there people around that can give it to others? And I think the school and the opening of schools is going to be dependent upon that. How much is there disease around? How much virus is hanging around that can a lot of people can get sick? And watching those percentages of people that are running around and getting sick is what's going to be key about the decision to open schools or not. So you think that it will not be one size fits all for school openings come the fall? 
Absolutely not. I think it depends upon, and clearly the states are really looking at very different kinds of stages of where they are in terms of how much disease they have. And it's going to be an individual state-by-state, area-by-area decision about what to do, depending upon how prevalent the disease is and how much uh, is going on in terms of people getting sick in that state. All right, let's talk much more, obviously, at uh, a time for today. Thank you, Dr. Bob Papalak. Obviously, we, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to uh, follow up on coronavirus and COVID-19 and the very latest developments. I think that this issue will be a huge issue in the presidential race. What about school? Will schools reopen as the president is requesting, demanding, really? Or will uh, the two t- teachers union and others who are cautioning, uh, you know, to be careful, to go slow, will they prevail? Uh, you know, we got a kid at home and you've had him at home for the last uh, four to six months. Uh, you're going to want very much to find out uh, where this thing goes come uh, September. I'm Geraldo Rivera reporting Roadkill. Roadkill with Geraldo Rivera. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.